This is a 980 CKNW podcast. You are live with the App Show. Mike Agarbo here with Christina and Graham. We have a really cool program uh, today. We're going to be uh, chatting uh, uh, about a whole bunch of different types of apps. Uh, hot five apps uh, this week. We have a countdown for the Game of Thrones fans out there. Yes, there are many Game of Thrones apps, and we'll give you the lowdown on uh, which five are the best. Also, what's streaming uh, this week on uh, Netflix? Uh, always some uh, great movies uh, and uh, TV shows. And, of course, uh, Android and iPhone tips uh, as well. But, uh, guys, let's start with uh, some of the uh, the app news uh, that's uh, breaking headlines uh, right now. One of the big ones uh, for me, Skype disappears from the mobile app stores, both uh, Google Play and the uh, App Store for Apple in China. Not a surprise there, to be quite honest. It's interesting. I went to China earlier this year, and there's a lot of apps that are not available to use, things like uh, Facebook and, and Twitter. I don't think I was able to use Google <laughs> either. <laughs> So this this doesn't come as a surprise to me. And well, and, and this is the thing. I mean, the Chinese government has done a really great job in setting up roadblocks between citizens and information. Um, we've seen this in the past where they tried to ban Bitcoin. Um, you know, they have their own search engines that uh, that they're trying to promote, which to a certain degree, I mean, obviously, if you're China, you're probably looking at Google and uh, other foreign companies and saying, we don't want the influence of foreign companies here, so we want to do things internally. And, uh, you know, with uh, with Skype, I mean, one of the theories out there right now is that Microsoft is actually refusing to play hardball and giving the Chinese government a backdoor into Skype, which for every everyday average users is a great thing. But for Skype users in China is probably not the best because now they no longer have access to the service. So you can't Skype your Chinese friends anymore, Christina. Okay, then that's, <laughs> that's going to be really hard for me. Yeah, it's, um, you know, it's an interesting thing, Graham. Uh, uh, and Christina, uh, it, censorship. Obviously, China really wants to control information uh, to its uh, citizens. Uh, but in some ways, it's it's kind of helping its own developers uh, and and tech companies because uh, those companies get a leg up when you know the big competition like the Googles and Microsofts of the world can't compete there. Yeah, and I mean one of the other things as well is we're actually starting to see development of better internet technologies. This actually goes back to something uh, like net neutrality. Where essentially, I mean, a lot of companies out there right now are looking to discriminate about the type of traffic that you're using. And down in the in the states right now, we're seeing uh, this this play to remove net neutrality, where you can sort of tier the type of content. Um, developers in China and developers around the world are basically trying to mask what it is that we're doing uh, online, so that basically people looking on it from the outside can't see. Uh, what that traffic is. So, you know, essentially they're getting around things like the Great Firewall of China and other data blocks by making all the traffic look the same, which essentially enforces net neutrality uh, even in countries where it's not available, like Portugal and unfortunately possibly the United States coming up soon. So speaking of uh, information, uh, this is another story. Uh, Google's been collecting Android users' locations even when location services are disabled. What? Again, is anyone shocked? <laughs> <laughs> no surprises. So, what's here. happening here? So, it looks like Google is collecting your location uh, information even when location services are disabled. And how they're doing this is that um, they're logging the cell towers uh, of, on which, off of which your signal is bouncing. So, was anyone upset about this? Well, I mean, everyone should be upset about this. I know, but you know, this type of, uh, uh, I guess, I don't know if it's a breach, but you know, we're getting so desensitized to this. Our information is just being hacked all the time and we're being tracked. Uh, I'm wondering if um, we should be a little more outraged. 
We, we should. I mean, this is this is the classic boil the frog, right? I mean, essentially, the, the first time that your privacy is breached, you get upset. The second time, you get a little less upset. The third time, well, you know, that happens all the time, so I don't really have anything to hide anymore. Um, Google and other companies have been doing this, and they, they, they try to get as much information out of you as possible any way that they can. You know, they can log it with cell tower data. They can grab metadata off your photographs, because even when your location services are off, you take a picture, your GPS is tagging your pictures with that location. You upload those to Google Photos and Google can track where you've been based on the path that your photos have taken. Speaking of photos and Google, (laughs) um, (laughs) uh, there's a cool feature that has been available in Google Photos. Uh, It's called Google Lens that's now being built into uh, the Google Assistant in Pixel phones. Uh, Graham, explain this. So essentially what this does is it uses machine learning. So you point your camera at something with lens, you take a look at it, and uh, it will be able to identify that. So if you're looking at like a major landmark, you're looking at a store, you're looking at a product, and it basically can use its own database, which it has built up because guess what? People are taking their cameras, pointing them at things, and telling Google what it is. So the computers are figuring this out. It's kind of a really smart way for them to do a couple of things. One, build their image recognition database while also offering value to people. And essentially, this is the classic Google trade-off, right? Essentially, you're doing the work for them while you're getting a service for free in return. The downside is, again, they get access to the information that you're using, your privacy, your location, and essentially your brain, because you're the one kind of telling them what this is if it doesn't know. Um, And they're getting all of that great data to help build their library to do more cool stuff in the future. It it is a cool technology, and I I can see this really coming into play um, with as augmented reality, for example, really becomes more popular. Yeah, I, I mean, basically being able to build that image recognition database is huge for them. And this is something that's been a, a huge selling feature for Google Photos. Um, Apple has just ro- uh, rolled it out with their iCloud photo drive, where basically you can look at something and search for dog or cat, and it will do that. So Or Graham. Or Graham, you know. Yeah. <laughs> um, I show up at a lot of photographs out there. I would recommend everyone out there right now, search your library for me. You might find me. Let's uh, switch gears here and give some uh, love to our uh, iOS users. iPhone tip of the week. Unleash the power of your iOS device. So with the launch of the iOS 11 uh, operating system, the control center has been completely revamped, letting you customize the experience that you have when you swipe up from the bottom of the screen on older devices or down from the top right on the iPhone 10. So the control center is a powerful place where you can add widgets to control your music, turn on your flashlight, take control of your Apple TV, or set an alarm. Now you can add or remove the widgets that you need by going to settings, tapping on control center, and tapping on customize controls. You'll be presented with a list of all the current controls that are included. So you can remove any of these controls by tapping the red minus sign, or you can scroll down the list and add controls by tapping the green plus sign. So here's your bonus tip for the day. If you want certain controls closer to the bottom of the screen, drag them to the bottom of the list. That actually puts them within the reach of your thumb on larger devices like the iPhone 7 plus and 8 plus. So that's this week's iPhone tip of the week, adding widgets to your control center. Thank you, Graham. When we come back from the break, uh, of course, we'll throw some love to our Android users with some tips uh, for them as well. We'll uh, be talking uh, uh, about our Hot 5 uh, apps, uh, and of course, uh, we'll also be uh, checking out what's streaming this uh, week on Netflix, the best uh, new movies and TV shows. You're listening to The App Show, back after this. You are back with The App Show, Mike, Christina, and Graham in studio today. Still lots to talk about on today's program, including the Hot 5 this week, you're going to love it. It's the uh, the Hot 5 apps for Game of Thrones fans. We'll also uh, talk about uh, what's streaming this uh, week on uh, Netflix. And, of course, uh, 
the regular uh, crazy and travel apps uh, as well. I've got some cool guests on the line right now to talk about Instagram. We've uh, got Ruben and Bree from Van City Wild. This is a uh, fantastic Instagram account, uh, kind of uh, geared towards uh, traveling. It's uh, got over 113,000 Instagram followers, and it's on the top 10 list of influential Instagram travel accounts uh, on the planet. Thanks for joining me, Ruben and Bree. Thanks, thanks for having us. Uh, how does one become uh, one of the top 10 influential travel accounts? I, I don't know. I guess um, spending a lot of time on Instagram definitely <laughs> helps to, to, get you, to get you going on there. But um, there's definitely a few, uh, a few things that, have, that we've learned over our, our journey of the last few years of, of um, getting started on Instagram and, and how to kind of get where we are today. So Instagram, uh, for the listeners out there, fantastic app for uh, posting uh, photos and uh, in different types of uh, categories. Uh, what are some of the basics that uh, our listeners uh, should know on how to really get going with Instagram? Is you know just not just posting every random picture up there, right? Well, I think that that happens a lot. If you're not quite comfortable with what Instagram is, people tend to post photos constantly. Um, and your feed can get oversaturated with random pictures of people's dogs or family members, and that's fine too. Um, but I think what's really important when you're starting an Instagram feed is to find your message. Uh, what do you want people to, to see? What do you want to portray to your audience, whether it's a personal thing or whether it's for a brand? Yeah, and, and I think along with um, when you have an idea of what kind of message you want to portray about yourself, then you can start to dig in and see, well, what do you want that to look like? What kind of style do you want to have? So I guess the, one of the, the next things would be um, what you want your style to look like as an Instagram feed. So um, if you want your style to be, you know, cute animal pictures or dog pictures, and you go around and take pictures and uh, share it with your, with your friends and your family or your audience, whoever's watching, um, that would be a way to do it. Something um, that we've always... Um, uh, look to was uh, other brands and one of the brands that does a really great job at finding their style is Apple um, and Apple no matter where you see them whether it's on Instagram or Facebook or a commercial or their advertising it always looks the same it has the same sort of feeling the same style you see an image from Apple and you know it's Apple so it doesn't necessarily have to be from a brand's perspective it can be from a personal perspective what do you want what do you want your style to look like how do you want to portray yourself to your audience yeah. So, so a question, you know, I, I think some people getting into it um, might not know what their style is yet. Do you just uh, recommend experimenting? Oh, absolutely. One of our favorite things is to use the Explore feed. So the Explore feed is, is sort of um, a curation that's done by Instagram, and it takes from the followers that you already have or the followers that you already – or the people that you already follow – and it also takes from things that you might be interested in. So it curates a, a feed of images from people all over the world, all different types of followers, for you to peruse through or browse through and find things that interest you. So a lot of times we take inspiration from that um, or inspiration from people that we admire. Totally. And so, you know, for people, uh, obviously uh, getting started with a personal account is, is fantastic. Do you recommend multiple accounts? Um, it's definitely possible. I mean, it, 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 it can be a time-consuming thing, and it just depends on how much time you want to spend on, on Instagram. We know that 
Instagram is not the only social media app that other people have. So if you want to, it's totally possible. I think you can have up to five accounts um, on your Instagram so you can switch. You can toggle between accounts. Five would be extreme. But if you wanted to have one, say, um, where you focus on something like outdoor adventures like we have for our, our, our business accounts, and then you can have a personal account which you focus more on, you know, taking pictures of your family and your animals and whatever you want to do. So it's definitely, yeah, you can definitely do that. How did you get into the whole travel thing? Oh, good question. Well, part of it is because of where we live. Uh, we live in such a beautiful place, and we were finding that there's a lot of people in our age group or a lot of people um, in Vancouver who live in the city and don't find the time or don't feel comfortable enough to explore the places that are right here in our backyard. And I think one of the things that inspired us was how can we help other people find these outdoor activities accessible? Um, so we wanted to share that with, with our audience. And we started just as something small and simple and, and um, to share with our families and friends first. And using hashtags is really what got us um, exposure to other people in our area, other, other locals. Explain hashtags and how that uh, helps build up your following. Totally. Yeah. Um, hashtags are great because, I mean, the easiest way to think of a hashtag is a categorization on Instagram. So let's say, for example, um, you go up to Vancouver, you go up to Grouse Mountain. Um, and when you go to Grouse Mountain, you want people to know that you went to Grouse Mountain. So if you say, for example, use a hashtag Grouse Mountain, um, people can search, anyone can see those hashtags. And when you use a hashtag like that and someone says, oh, I want to go visit Grouse Mountain, I wonder what it looks like right now, they can go search that same hashtag and they might see your picture. And so what that does is it really takes your pictures from just the followers that you currently have and expands that to, to, to show it to anyone who might be just perusing through Instagram, looking for inspiration, looking for things to do, um, so on and so forth. So each picture, I believe, can have up to 20 hashtags. Um and you can do all sorts of categorization with that. You can categorize the country, the place, what activity you're doing, um, pretty much anything that you, you can think of. Even a feeling. Uh, there's, there's so many hashtags out there, um, and we use, tend to use consistent ones with each post just because our, our feed is quite curated and it has a certain look to it. Um, and it, it really helps us when we're looking for um, inspiration, but also looking for if, if we're out going for an adventure, we want to know what the environment looks like that day. Um, sometimes we'll look up, hey, I wonder what Cypress Mountain is like, what are the conditions? And we'll look up the hashtag and be able to see images uh, from other Instagram users. It's pretty neat. Do you recommend using all 20 of the hashtags that you're allowed to use? Um, it, it's totally up to you and what you want to get out there. I think if you want to, if your goal is to increase you're following, um, it would be advisable to use all 20 of them. Now, there are, are little sneaky ways that you can kind of hide them into your feed. You, what you don't want is when someone goes to look at your picture, they're just bombarded with all these hashtags because it doesn't, it, doesn't, it doesn't look pretty. The whole purpose is for your pictures to look nice and enjoyable, and if you get there and you see all these hashtags right in front of you. It can be a bit overwhelming to yeah. read. So, um yeah, there's, there's definitely ways um, 
which we don't have to go into detail of, of kind of hiding them below your your caption of what you want on the picture. Right. So it's it's not in the main caption, but a secondary part. Um, the other thing that you can do is come up with a hashtag um, that is personal to you. So an example for us is our we have a hashtag that's just hashtag Ben City Wild, and we've been using it right from the beginning. Um, and that way, if somebody's looking to uh, find any photos that either people want us to see or that we have categorized as our own photos, you can look up hashtag Density Wild. Um, people will make up their own hashtags for a specific trip, um, for a family event, or for weddings. For weddings. Yeah. Um, and that way that all the images from that particular event or category go into one place. We're talking with Ruben and Bree from Van City Wild, one of the top 10 uh, influential Instagram travel accounts on the planet, according to Business Insider. Over 113,000 Instagram followers. Again, you can uh, check them out on Instagram, Van City Wild. Thanks for joining us today, Ruben and Bree. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. Let's switch gears now and throw some love out to our Android users. Android tip of the week. Make the most of your Android smartphone. What do you got for us, Christina? I have a method to get super fast face unlocking on your current Android phone. So obviously this is a feature that comes on many newer phones, but if you're sporting an older Android phone, you might still be able to do it. Uh, So you'll have to head over to Google Play and download and install Tasker, which is an automation app. And you'll also need to install the popular plugin for Tasker called Auto Input. Once you do that, you'll open auto input and set it up so that trusted face will automatically skip the lock screen once it registers your face. Very cool. So this is something that's built into the iPhone 10 that everyone's been gaga over. Now you can potentially bring it to your Android phone. Exactly. And I I love how you brought up the iPhone during an (laughs) Android segment. (laughs) Oh, sorry. Uh, The name of the programs again. Auto task, sorry, tasker and auto input. Thank you, Christina. When we come back, still lots more, including the Hot 5 Game of Thrones apps and also what's streaming this week on Netflix. You are back with The App Show. Mike, Graham, and Christina here in studio. A little while, we'll uh, be talking about what's uh, streaming this week on Netflix and, of course, uh, our crazy app of the week. Important to uh, stay tuned for that. But let's uh, get into uh, one of my favorite segments that we do uh, on a regular basis. The Weekly App Hot five. Christina, what is it this week? We have the hot five apps for Game of Thrones fans. There are a lot of fans out there. And there are a ton of apps. Oh my goodness. I was overwhelmed. What inspired put what, this list? Together. What inspired you to come up with uh, Game of Thrones apps this week? Uh well, people have been talking about Game of Thrones uh recently. I mean, obviously the latest season uh just ended a few weeks ago. Um, and people are still chatting about it. I am way behind on my Game of Thrones, so nobody spoil it for me, please, and thank you. Um, but yeah, I just thought since it's over, people are missing it. Jon Snow, he's twins. <laughs> Which explains how he gets from place to place so quickly. Uh, okay, let's start with number five. And this is the Hot 5 Game of Throne app list. Okay, can we just be clear that it's Game of Thrones not throne. Well, you say thrones, I say thrones. <laughs> okay. So number five this week is winter is coming. 
This is an Android and iOS app, and it has all the latest Game of Thrones news from the largest Game of Thrones fan site on the web. So they've taken all of that good stuff and put it in a nap for you. Love it. Number four, talking about the Hot 5 Game of Thrones apps. Map of Game of Thrones. This is Android only, but there are similar apps on iOS if you are looking for them. This is a free app offering an in-depth map of the world depicted in Game of Thrones. So if you're a little confused about geography, and I always am, this might be the app for you. Are you are you, are you downloading all these apps as we go along, Graham? Absolutely. I love my Westeros. Number three, Hot 5 Game of Thrones apps. A World of Ice and Fire Game of Thrones guide. This one is on iOS and Android, and it gives you detailed character bios, interactive maps, and it also has spoiler protection. So if you're not quite up on it, you can still use it without spoiling everything. Interactive maps. I, I love the whole map thing because I, I, I've just, I, what is it, season seven just finished? Um, I'm just starting to understand all the different cities they're in. Um, but it'd be great to actually see a map of where they are geographically in, in this kingdom. Right. My geography is lacking at the best of times, even in the real world. So this whole thing in Game of Thrones is quite the mystery to me. Number two, hot five Game of Thrones apps. Game of Thrones Ascent. This is iOS and Android, and this is an award-winning role-playing game based on the show. Oh, very cool. Have you played this one yet, Graham? You play every game. I have, yeah. I've burned quite a few hours on this one and the Telltale uh, Game of Thrones game, which is also quite good. Shout out to that. I was joking. You actually played this game. Oh, heck yeah. (laughs) Have you guys not? Oh my God. You I didn't even know you watch Game of Thrones. Oh yeah. I read all the books. Oh, yeah. Of course you have. (laughs) That's why I'm excited because we're into unknown territory now. You should be doing this list. (laughs) (laughs) I wanted to hear your perspective. Oh, my God. You literally have played every game, haven't you? Pretty much. Okay. Number one, Game of Thrones app this week. So, Graham should probably be presenting this. This is Game of Thrones Conquest, available on iOS and Android. Uh, basically, you are living out your fantasy and joining the war in this one. It's a strategy game, and it allows you to build your own house, raise your own army, and gain political influence. So this one's kind of fun, but I, I kind of prefer Ascent myself. I kind of like the role-playing a little bit more. The um, Conquest is a little more microtransaction-y, you know, game of war, um, that kind of game where you're sort of you're building a city. You know, it's, it's got the timed gated right. thing, which is, I mean, they're fun. They're good little time wasters, but uh, I think Ascent's a little bit more fun. There you go. So you'd actually switch those two around? Uh, if it were me, yes, but I respect Christina's choices. <laughs> <laughs> he should have piped up earlier is what he should have done. <laughs> now it's time for uh, a little bit of hardware uh, update. Smartphone of the week. We got Igor Bonifacic from a Mobile Syrup on the line. Thanks for joining us, Igor. Thanks for having me. Want to talk about the new LG G6 Plus. Did I get that right? <laughs> yes, you did. Yeah. So many numbers and letters to remember. Uh, this is the latest from LG, uh, and I guess it's the plus-size version of the G6. 
Right. Yeah. So this was the phone that was not supposed to come to Canada. It was uh, announced several months ago in South Korea and other markets. Uh, and at the time, LG said it was bringing it to Canada. And then surprise, surprise this week, Videotron of all carriers in Quebec decided to bring it on. Um, if you're familiar with the Galaxy uh, S8 Plus, you might think that this is a bigger version of the uh, of the G6. In fact, it's not. Uh, what's different about it is that it's kind of specced more competitively. Um, so instead of um, the G6, when it launched, it had 32 gigabytes of eternal storage. This one starts with 128. So in some sense, you don't even need to take advantage of the uh, micro SD functionality to expand the storage. And you also have what um, was one of the marquee features of the G6 was it had this kind of um, digital to audio converter, which is it's kind of an audio component. Uh, when you plug in your uh, headphones, they're an analog component. The, it kind of tr um, translates the sound into something that you can listen to. It has a really good one, so this uh, music on it sounds fantastic. Uh, so this is finally coming to Canada. Uh, it makes what was a really great phone even better. So the screen isn't bigger. The screen isn't bigger. I'm sorry to disappoint to everyone who wanted a bigger screen. It is not bigger, but it is still the um, bezel-less screen. So um, there are very minimal bezels, uh, and it is kind of this taller. Um, if you've not seen the uh, G6 before, or you know some of its um, uh, competitors like the Galaxy S8, uh, they have these kind of new screens that they're, the kind of screen to body ratio is really high where most of the front of the phone is now screen. Um, one of the side effects is that you kind of have this like really interesting aspect ratio, which is like, you know, how, like what is the number of pixels from the width to the length? And um, this one has a slightly different aspect ratio. But to LG's credit, they say this is really great for watching video content just like their older phones were. Um, and it's still a really nice screen. Uh, it's probably one of like probably one of the nicest you can get on a phone right now. How is LG doing out there compared to you know the others? I mean, it's a very competitive space. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, so uh, if you remember the G5, and not a lot of people remember this phone because it flopped so badly. Okay. Uh, the G5 tried to do something differently, which was it kind of introduced these. At the time, LG was trying to be really cutesy, and they're like. You know, it has friends, and what they were talking about was the LG uh, G5 was modular, um, so you could, like, attach, like, you could take out the, uh, the battery and then plug in, like, a camera accessory. Um, so that phone did not do well just because people were not, like, they were not into this concept because the accessories ended up costing a lot, and the phone itself was... Really, when it came down to it, it was not as good of a phone as the Galaxy S7, which at the time in 2016 was kind of the phone that everyone was really excited about. Uh, since then, LG's like, we got to go back to the drawing board, give people what they want. Uh, so the G6, among the other things that they added, is kind of waterproofing, which is, you know, if you've ever, like, dropped a phone down a toilet bowl, you will know that is if not the most important feature, certainly one of the more important ones to have. <laughs> and I think since then, you know, they've really done, they are still, I would say, maybe fourth place is off the top of my head. Um, but certainly they're in a much better place than they were a year ago. Um, as you said, though, it is really competitive. And I think for most people, for better or worse, when they think of smartphones, they know there's Apple and iPhone. 
And then when they think of Android, it's kind of synonymous with Samsung, right? Like Samsung is the one that's kind of really introduced the exciting devices, has really dominated the conversation. And so for most people, when it comes to iPhone alternative, it's Samsung, and they don't necessarily think of LG. And I think this phone makes a good argument that you should think of LG. We're talking with Igor Bonifacic from Mobile Syrup about the hot smartphone of the week, the LG G6 Plus. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. When we come back, what's streaming this week on Netflix, Craven Amazon? Stay tuned here on The App Show. You are back with The App Show. Still lots more to talk about, including, uh, including, including uh, Crazy App of the Week and also Travel App. But uh, first, uh, before we get to uh, what's streaming on Netflix uh, and the rest of them, uh, our streaming app of the week, Graham. So if you are spending time with younger relatives this holiday season, you're probably going to hear a lot about Twitch. It's the world's premier site for streaming gamers so, so that gamers can watch gamers play games. You heard that right. So Twitch allows users to stream from their video game consoles or their gaming PCs live to the internet, letting audiences watch you play through stories, fights, and other battles in real time. It's a big hit with kids of all ages because the gameplay can be quite fun to, uh, to watch and very addictive to spectate. So if you want to get into the Twitch game, it's available for iOS, Android, and Apple TV. You can also watch it through your browser at twitch.tv. So that is this week's streaming app of the week. It's Twitch. Streaming this week. This is a part of the show where we uh, talk about uh, what's streaming on Netflix, Crave, and Amazon. Uh, What are we going to start with uh, first here, Christina? Starting with Netflix, we have Brian Reagan, Nunchucks and Flames. Well, it was my New Year's resolution to lose 15 pounds this year. I've only got 25 pounds to go. <laughs> I read recently, Kim Jong-un is considering outlawing sarcasm in North Korea. I wonder if he proposed that to his team and one of his generals said, oh yeah, that'll work. <laughs> That's kind of funny. So this is a Netflix special a comedian. I've never heard of him before, but from the clips I've seen, it looks hilarious. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's done a few specials in the past, and it's, uh, it's a bit of a fun watch, so good guy to, to check out on Netflix. What else we got on Netflix, Christina? We have Saving Capitalism. There's a huge amount of anger and frustration. So many people desperately wanting to be heard. This is uh, an interesting uh, documentary from uh, Netflix. Robert Reich, the former Secretary of Labor of the U.S., uh, examines America's fragile democracy and its fight for survival. Uh, this is, uh, I, I think, going to be... I've seen a, a few minutes of this. Uh, it looks pretty good. There have been a few documentaries like this, and I mean, the, the, the one takeaway is really what's the main message at the end of it. So I'm, I, I've seen some of uh, Robert's stuff in the past um, as far as like uh, white papers and whatnot. So I'm curious to see the, the perspective that's, that's in this film. What do we got next on Netflix? We have Godless. It's a fearful thing. To love what death can touch. Where are all the men at? Dead. Bond took them. All of them. How has the town fared without any men around? Someone's got to look after things around here. A town full of ladies. Bang, bang. It's ripe fruit for the wicked. So this is uh, an interesting movie. Uh, it's about uh, a gang... Uh, that uh, comes to town out out in the Old West, uh, a town full of women who have to defend themselves when they get caught in the crossfire. Interesting premise. 
Guns and more guns. <laughs> uh, looks good, though. Uh, I, I think I'm going to check it out. What else do we have on Netflix? We have Trailer Park Boys. We're all going to knowledge. That's the way cool people say New Orleans. With a sound barbecue. I don't know that I want to eat that. <laughs> so if you like the Trailer Park Boys... You will probably like this uh, particular uh, series. Eight parts, road trip across the U.S. I never was really into Trailer Park Boys, but uh, they have a huge fan base out there. Graham, what about you? I've literally never seen an episode. Me neither. You know what? Maybe this is it. Maybe (laughs) this is the point where we all sit down over the holidays, a little bit of eggnog, right? Some popcorn, and we catch some Trailer Park Boys. You guys in? Uh, So you're hosting this little Trailer Park Party. Heck yeah. yeah. Let's do it up. (laughs) Perfect. (laughs) What's next on Netflix, Christina? Next on Netflix, we have The Dilemma. Great moments are born from great opportunity. And that's what you have here today, Nate. That's what you've earned here today. One meeting. What What are you doing? You're giving me the, really? The Kurt Russell speech from the movie Miracle? It's applicable to what we're doing. So, uh... Can never go wrong with a Vince Vaughn movie and Kevin James. A uh, story about uh, two friends, uh, one of them getting married, and uh, the other friend finds out the wife is cheating on his friend and doesn't know what to do. Hence the dilemma. And who doesn't love a good Vince Vaughn movie? I know, I know. Uh, this is uh, the next one here on Netflix, Christina. Cuba and the Camera. Uh, and this, uh, again, is a, uh, a documentary. You know, when I first came to Cuba, cell phones weren't invented. And I was in my early 20s. And I've been coming back for five decades. Making friends with everybody. Trying to tell the story of Cuba. This looks really uh, interesting. So like he said, uh, over the past five decades, he's gotten footage together and put together a, a cool little documentary. This is actually a really cool concept to keep coming back to the same place and uh, see how it's developing over time. We're going to jump over to Crave TV. What do we got? We have Spectre. James Bond. Forensics finally released this. What is it? Personal effects they recovered from Skyfall. You've got a secret. Oh, James Bond always has a secret. Uh, I love James Bond films, so you can never go wrong. On any you can't go wrong with 007. Daniel Craig either. I, I thoroughly enjoyed this one. I saw it in the theater, and I will actually be making some time to watch it again. I know it wasn't the favorite uh, for a lot of people out there. Casino Royale with Craig was very hard to beat, but this one it's a it's a fun romp, and it's got Christoph Waltz in it. So oh my god, he's amazing. He's pretty phenomenal. Yes. Well, I'll take a little Daniel Craig any day of the week. So. <laughs> <laughs> he's okay. He's okay looking. Um, let's head over. Oh, wait, we have another Crave TV. That's right. Oh, I love this one. George Michael, Freedom. I want to leave songs. I believe I can leave songs that will mean something to other generations. A lifetime in the making. The story of an extraordinary career told by the man himself. Channel 4 presents the final work of an iconic artist. A film by and about George Michael. Freedom coming soon. Oh my God. I, I love George Michael. Love his music. So uh, I'm looking forward to checking this one out. Yeah, it's, a, it's getting a lot of really great reviews right now. So I, I think it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. Let's head over to Amazon Prime Video. What do we... Oh, this is a good one. 
The Big Sick. This was fun. Wait, we haven't even had sex again yet. I'm just not that kind of girl. I only have sex once on the first date. I'm just going <laughs> to call an Uber. <laughs> Your driver will be ready as soon as he puts on his pants. <laughs> Uh, this uh, was a, a fantastic uh, comedy uh, that came out uh, this year. Have you guys seen it? I've not. No, what's, what's, the, what's the premise? Uh, so am I pronouncing this uh, gentleman's name right? Uh, Kumail Nanjani. Uh, he's on uh, Silicon Valley, uh, mm-hmm. one of my favorite uh, comedy shows. Uh, so it's actually based on a true story about how he got together with his wife. So uh, I know this is a bit of a spoiler, but it's, kind of the premise of the whole movie and I'm not really spoiling it, but uh, his wife um, goes into a coma. Oh no. Just after meeting her, like they've dated for a while and uh, yeah, boy, sounds depressing now that I'm talking about it, but it is hilarious. It's got Ray Romano on in it, Holly Hunter, uh, fantastic cast. It's very cool. I got to be honest, hearing the name of this movie, I thought it was going to be one of those like movies about some crazy epidemic that's <laughs> taking over the world. And <laughs> Un- Unless you've seen the trailers, you're not going to put it together that it's a comedy. <laughs> Either that or it's the sequel to The Big Chill. So <laughs> Could be. Yeah. Well, let's uh, switch gears now. And uh, what's our crazy app of the week? Crazy app of the week is Ice Checker. Ice Checker. That's oh right. my God, I know about this one. I know, isn't it fun? No, this is a crazy app. It is a crazy app. Okay, explain it. So this is an iOS only app. So sorry, Android fans. Um, so this lets you find out if the McFlurry machine at the star or at the McDonald's you want to hit is broken because apparently these things break down all the time. They do. I mean, this I can't tell stupid. you the number. This is stupid. <laughs> no, it, it, stupid. I'm just hearing crickets in this studio right now. I can't tell you the number of times where I've been craving a McFlurry at like 11 o'clock at night. And you get there, you pull into the drive-thru and they just give you the sad eyes, right? They're like, yeah, we're really sad. And they don't even need to finish. You're like, yeah, no, no, it's fine. I'll go to Wendy's and get a Frosty. It's fine. <laughs> well, apparently you're not the only one who's feeling upset by this because someone actually created an app to uh, help you out with this. So this is crowdsourced information so you can actually mark a McFlurry machine as being down. Oh my gosh. Okay, on that note, uh, (laughs) we're going to take another break. When we come back, we've uh, got a travel app with Christina. Stay tuned. You're back with the app show. Still a little bit of time left to talk about the travel app of the week. What do we got, Christina? This week, we have an app to keep your kids entertained on long road trips. So if you are heading down to the States this weekend to visit with uh, any American family over the Thanksgiving weekend, you are going to want to stay tuned for this. It's called YouTube Kids. Did you know this exists, Mike? Uh, yes. Although my kids are teenagers, uh, but I've heard of it. I think they're a little old for this. Yes. Yes. Tell our listeners about it. YouTube Kids offers a safer YouTube experience. So obviously there are lots of great videos for kids on YouTube, but there's also some content in there that is questionable for tiny humans. So we have YouTube Kids, which is uh, using automated systems to choose content Uh, And make sure that, you know, all the videos are on the up and up. And as your kids are watching content, it'll start recommending things that they like. It's kind of cool because, yes, kids on long uh, road trips. Back in my day, uh, I just had comics and maybe a book. And then I ran out of them 
and then I got car sick. Right. So, you know, the kids today, you guys have it so good. If you're listening right now, kids, you don't know how good you have it. You should thank uh, society and your parents for where we are today, technologically wise. Yes. And of course, uh, it's a great thing that you can stay safe online with things like YouTube kids. Uh, however, if for some reason you come across something on there that's not appropriate, make sure you flag it um, so that YouTube can remove it from the app. Oh, really? So it kind of uh, lets the community police the content. Yes, they do a great job, but you know, sometimes things, uh, you know, make it through. And so make sure you're reporting that content so that it can be removed and make it a safer experience for other kids. But I guess you have to have um, uh, internet connection, like cellular or something in the car. Right. But if you're traveling, arguably you do have cellular or maybe you have a, a you know, a mobile hotspot or whatever hooked up to uh, your iPad or tablet or whatever. So um, it's a good way to keep kids entertained, especially if they're getting a little squirrely on those long car rides. Uh, yeah, they do. Uh, I mean, Netflix has a kid section as well, which is kind of kind of cool. They That's can, right. They can go right into that. So uh, again, it just comes down to having a uh, an internet connection. The one the one good thing about Netflix, I don't know if the YouTube Kids does this. Uh, you can actually uh, download uh, a lot of the shows right onto the actual uh, device, like if you're using an iPad. So that it doesn't matter if you have a connection or not. Right. Well, I know that you can download YouTube videos in theory. So I'm not sure how that works within the app, but definitely something worth um, worth checking out. That was the Travel App of the Week with Christina. Don't forget to check out our uh, website, appshowradio.com. Links right to our Facebook page where you can interact with us and tell us your favorite apps. And also listen to our other radio program called Get Connected. It's on Saturdays here on CKNW in Vancouver and across uh, the Chorus Radio Network as well. Kind of more of a general uh, overview of uh, technology and a lot of fun uh, as well. That's all the time we have left for this week. This is Mike Graham and Christina signing off. We'll see you again next time. You've been listening to a 980 CKNW podcast. Listen live at cknw.com, the Radio Player Canada app, Tune in, Amazon Alexa, HD Radio at 101.1 FM HD2, and on the AM dial, 980 CKNW.